You're listening to The Weird Sisters, Harry Potter Reread, Episode 63. On today's show, we discuss Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Chapters 25, 26, and 27, as well as the first Deathly Hallows movie. Hello and welcome to The Weird Sisters. I'm Danielle. And I'm Allison. So, we're going to do things a little backwards this episode, and we're going to start with the movie, since most of the movie has already happened. Yes. Yes. I gotta say, we've been saying, you know, how much, how many things have been happening, right? Mm-hmm. Lately, and my notes have been really long. I think these might have been the shortest notes I've ever taken. Yeah. I mean, I've, things are sort of happening, but not really either. Well, it. I guess there's a fair amount of, I mean, we said we'd talk about the movie first, but I guess, whatever. <laughs> there's, there's a fair amount of, there's the middle chapter in this episode is action. Uh-huh. So it's hard to write a, a bunch of notes about action, right? Yeah, things, things happened and then more things happened. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. About the same point. <laughs> yes. And like the first chapter is a little bit of a breather from the emotional trauma <laughs> Of Dobby slash setting up what we're about, the, the action that's about to happen. Uh-huh. And then the final chapter of this episode is just, I don't know, basically letting us know that we're about to arrive at the climax. Yeah, this is sort of the breath before it all, really. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the movie, and again, I just, I almost had nothing to say about this movie, which I guess is a compliment. No, I sort of thought that, too. I mean, we... So I think the last movie we kind of like, but all the ones before, we just sort of tore apart. Yeah. We were more favorable towards the last one. And I think this one, too, I didn't... Sorry. I didn't have... I don't know. I was just sort of enjoying watching it for the most part. I mean... This they finally decided to make two, so that helps a little bit. It probably mm-hmm. would have felt way more rushed if it was all one. Um, yeah, and certainly there are a few things that got missed or changed, but it wasn't anything that I really bothered me. Yeah, uh, we're missing the. I thought it was a little sad that we missed the Dudley moment. Yeah, I. Yeah. Though we did, like, see the back of Hermione's parents' head for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was... I mean, they chose to show that a different way, but that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You t- okay, you pointed out the motorbike on the street thing. Yeah. First of all, they killed those muggles in those car wrecks. They're dead. Well, that didn't even... It didn't happen. Did it? What do you mean it didn't happen? Well, they were on the motorbike, but they were always in the air. They were never, like, they show this epic chase scene through the streets mm-hmm. of London or wherever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the motorbike is there and Death Eaters are there and people and things are flying everywhere. And it was not like that. Well, I know, but I mean in the movie. Because, like, there are several cars that are casualties of this chase. And I'm just like, those people are dead. You have killed them. <laughs> well, and, again, it didn't, like, really bother me, but the 
Hedwig thing was a little different. So, like, Hedwig still dies, but Hedwig is what gives Harry away in the movie versus Expelliarmus. And they mm-hmm. overdid the wand thing a little bit, but I guess it's a movie, so, you know, the wand interaction. Yeah. Well, I thought... Honestly, I was a bit confused when I was watching it. I think just the... I don't know, the visual style or something confused me. It's like, wait, is this what's happening now? Okay, <laughs> I guess. And I did wonder about the, sh- okay, the motorbike on the street thing. I wondered if that was actually more of a a special effects choice and or a budget choice. Because I wondered, well, maybe it's easier to do this like crazy chase scene with cars and on the ground than to have to make everyone flying and maybe that's really hard to not look stupid. But the people... I mean, the Death Eaters are still flying. Yeah. I could be wrong. I just wondered if it was a more... If it there was, way, it was more complicated. It seems way more complicated because there's so many more people. There are car- There's a lot more things happening on a street than there are a couple of people flying. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, what what levity is in this book is a little bit sucked out because obviously the wedding is abbreviated, which I understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, the Dumbledore thing, too, I, is maybe a little bit lessen the angst about who Dumbledore is. Yes. You know, which doesn't overly hurt my feelings because no one likes that <laughs> angst. <laughs> But it's, I mean, you don't like it, but it's not bad, right? You don't like, it's not because it's bad, right? It's yeah. just because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And now, I do remember watching this movie for the first time, and there's that dancing scene. I do not. That that bothers me. That's maybe okay, the, I remember, the one thing that really bothers me. I remember, I remember it the first time, and I loathed it. And I was anticipating watching it again, and I was completely unoffended. <laughs> okay, so like it's Ron is left, and Harry's Hermione is sad, so Harry dances with them, and they smile for a little bit, and it's sure it's lovely, and they dance kind of silly. But also, one, one, when did they learn to dance? Because we have followed them through childhood. There was no dancing <laughs> learned. Okay. <laughs> Two. As a standalone movie, I think maybe it's like sort of, it's fine. It's kind of an, that nice moment. They are trying to bring some levity to it, but that is completely not how it is written in the book, right? Ron leaves and it's terrible and it's awkward and Harry and Hermione don't really talk to each other and he's not comforting her and... Mm-hmm. So they're just, they're trying to make it a little rosier than it really was. Yeah, I but I can understand how it's hard to put on screen and justify putting on screen, given what you have to get through, you know, that morose, we're accomplishing nothing so, <laughs> kind of thing. I think what annoyed me the first time is that I, the first time I saw it, I read it as they were insinuating a romantic connotation. But watching it again, it didn't come across as romantic at all to me. Yeah. 
I mean, there were sort of moments I think you could take either way, especially if you're on Team Ron and that's what he is suspecting in all of this. Mm-hmm. What is a naked horcrux? <laughs> this is the other thing that bothered me, though less, I would say this, less so this time. But when they get the horcrux and Ron's going to destroy it and then creepy Harry and creepy Hermione come out of it, which is true mm-hmm. in the book, and they kind of taunt him. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden they're naked. Are they naked? Not okay in the movie. Not the whole thing, but then at the end they just are. They're naked and they're making out. Oh yes. Why didn't I notice? How that? did you not? I don't know. That bit seemed unnecessary. Yeah, that's a little strange. Yeah. Okay. Also, we got a lot of comments about the the costuming in all of these books and how they very quickly go away from, you know, dressing like wizards, basically. But uh-huh. what's really, I found really kind of ironic, and I don't know if there this was a director change because there was a lot of directors for all of these movies, but in the past, I don't know, three books or so, it seems like they get one outfit like one muggle outfit that they wear pretty much for the whole movie Mm. and in this one where they're camping and on the run they have a new outfit every day (laughs) (laughs) i didn't notice that so what the heck i did i mean i did notice a at the wedding and b at the ministry Obviously, again, the lack of wizard clothing. And I just, it it was just making me think, why did they do this? I wonder if they did it because they felt that, like, there would be a lack of creativity in the clothing. Like, it would just be all too samey. Like, it's hard to differentiate your characters. Yes. And I was like, well, I can kind of see why they might have thought that, especially with the school robes or whatever. But really... It could have been awesome if they had fully committed to it. Yeah, or throw some crazy hats on people or something. I mean, it, yeah, you'd have so much more room for creativity if you wanted to go the whole nine yards. Wizards kind of wear more, more unique robes. I mean, S- Snape is about the only one, and he's more got a cloak going on, like that black suit and cloak. Oh, that's true. He does. But that's yeah, like the closest uh-huh. you get consistently get to wizard guard well dumbledore dumbledore so that dumbledore's outfit is sweet <laughs> and they could have made everyone's outfit yeah. sweet yeah. you know what i mean i was just thinking at the ministry you know like all these are all magical people in a magical place and it's suits yeah. and i don't know yeah but yeah obviously we've talked about that before but yeah i mean I did wonder, as a, if you've not read the books, I think the visions are extremely confusing. Oh, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's really hard to do. <laughs> because, I mean, there's... Yeah. It's not a beginning and an ending narrative in the vision itself. It's pieces from this much mm-hmm. broader thing that don't really get talked about. I mean, and they seem they're really visually stylized, Mm -hmm. but I think that makes it more confusing. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I mean, I get that it's a hard, that's probably a hard thing to make clear, but <laughs> I think that they made it maybe even worse. I like the the kind of weird animation of the three brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously that a movie brings something extra to mm-hmm. that scene. Though, oh, this I guess it was, was at the beginning where we have with Voldemort is kind of holding court. I, yeah. I don't know if that's accurate, but in some ways that was a vi- visual ads. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, we thought that scene was creepy, like, with the dead woman, and maybe the dead woman was lessened. But to, like, see almost the normalcy that was presented in the movie was a whole different weird factor. Like, they're all just kind of casually... Mm. Like, like you're at a board meeting. A corporate board meeting. (laughs) You're all sitting around. Voldemort's polite to people. Like, oh, we saved you a seat, Severus. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um... Yeah... I don't know. It was just sort of like, oh, this is this is weird. But and for a moment, I had a hard time imagining Voldemort being so evil. And I don't. I didn't like it. Then you remember he doesn't have a nose, and you're like, oh yeah, he's evil. Well, then he said some mud blood things, but but yeah, the like Mm -hmm. normalcy, and you're like imagining all these people who have these hateful views and act on them, and it was hard to marry those in my head, but. In some ways, I think that was a credit to the film, like that weird tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they do get, I think they get the tone fairly well. Yeah, when, they, when they're camping, walking around or whatever, mm-hmm. it was, there was a few shots that remind me very much of like, of apocalypse movies, like, you know, kind of mm. every, most things or everything is gone. They had, they played with the radio a lot. So you get kind of that creepiness in the background. There's these like beautiful landscapes, but the lighting is weird and they're walking alone. Yes. You know, the lighting is very, yeah, intentional, I guess. Yeah. In so, the whole thing. I mean, reading it, I don't think apocalypse, but seeing it, I was kind of like, hmm, like there is an, a level of accuracy to that or maybe it feels like you're on the brink of this you're out kind of fighting alone mm-hmm. and feeling like it might be the end of the world well and that tone could have gone badly right you're making you're making a, a a kids movie and a huge franchise that makes a bunch of money and it's magic wizards like it could have gone n- very yeah. badly and it didn't, so that's good. And then Dobby died. Yeah. I will say it was, I mean, when I saw the movie the first time, I was really sad. But I had just read Dobby dying, which was really sad. So it wasn't quite as bad in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He looked different from what I guess his movie portrayal hasn't totally taken over my mind mm-hmm. reading about him. He's a little more caricatured, I guess, than I imagine him. I like his, yeah. Like his features. I like his and... shoes. Mm-hmm. I like grandma's shoes with Velcro on them. 
Yeah, and they didn't they didn't get as much at Grimwald Place and Creature and all of that. In fact, we never heard the story about Creature at the locket in the cave. Yeah. I guess they thought it wasn't necessary. And, and in a lot of ways, it's not. But you could have shown it like you showed the brothers, right? We could have seen, as he's telling the story, a creepy scene with Voldemort and Creature yeah, and Regalus. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just another added complicated thing to sh- fit in and show. Mm-hmm. Because they don't really... It is assumed you know what a Horcrux is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's at this point... You just got to let them be confused. Yeah. They're butts in the theater yeah. anyway. Who cares, right? Um, okay, so then we have our actual chapters beginning at Shell Cottage. And so last time we left off that we asked Griphook if he yes. would help. And now he's saying, okay, I'll help you if you give me the Sword of Gryffindor. Yeah, which is a little bit of a problem because they need it to destroy the Horcruxes. You think they would have given it, given it to him if they didn't need it? Uh, I don't think they would have wanted to, but yes. I mean, I Harry they claims, might have, yeah. right? So the solution, well, there isn't really one. So Harry decides to to stretch the truth. Like, I'll give mm-hmm. it to him after he helps us. After being whenever I see fit. <laughs> yes, when after I've destroyed all of the Horcruxes, whatever right. that may be. So, but he's he's clear that he wants to give it to him to fulfill his bargain. So, if if, mm-hmm. if that's true, then he would have given it to him. Although I think he's imagining that this is so far in the future that lots of things could happen. Well, yes. And- Though there's this debate, so like Griphook says that Godric Gryffindor stole the sword, that it wasn't made for him. Mm -hmm. And I, this is actually on Pottermore. I looked it up. She writes about it, and apparently he did not steal the sword. There's a there's a sword of Gryffindor article. And it says that the Goblin King made it for Gryffindor, but so coveted it that he lied, basically, and said that it was stolen. Well, and we get it a little bit later in the chapter, but Bill basically warns Harry, I don't know what you're doing, but wheeling and dealing with goblins is tricky business. Because goblins have a different... Mm -hmm sense of ownership than people do like people believe if you buy something mm-hmm. you own it forever and ever and goblins believe that if you make something you own it forever and ever and if someone buys it from you they're merely renting it till the end of their lifetime and to pass a goblin made object from person to person is wrong stealing something stealing yeah because then there's also that scene where Fleur returns the tiara the goblin made tiara oh yes Griphook does not approve 
we get a little happiness in that Lupin yeah, shows up. I've forgotten about this. This is such a lovely spot. Well, and because you think it's going to be something terrible. There's a knock at the door. Sure. It's Lupin. Apparently he only comes in emergencies. But they have a baby. Baby. Named after dead Ted Tonks. Yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah. And Harry's the grandfather, or not the grandfather, that would be strange, <laughs> the godfather. Yes, yes. So that doesn't bode well for Harry, I feel like. <laughs> because godfathers die? Yes. Well, there's some line later then about, like, he's quickly becoming the reckless godfather like Sirius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's, I mean, it's lovely, and they're happy, and Lupin is not... I mean, Lupin's been a desperate character pretty much the whole time we've known him. Yeah. And this is his one moment of not being desperate. That's a good word for him, a desperate character. Yeah. So then we move on to our actual break into Gringotts. And again, we don't really see the planning very much. We just see it executed. Yeah, though they did... They've been hiding away working on this for a long time. Yeah. So Hermione's going to, they only have enough polyjuice for one person. Mm-hmm. And so Hermione's going to be disguised as Bellatrix. Just walk right up there. Yes. Ron is going to be, she is just kind of disfigured via wand work. Going to be some random foreigner. <laughs> and Harry and Griphook will be hiding under the cloak. Yes. And I think, like, Hermione actually has Bellatrix's wand. So they think that will help her legitimacy until they get to Diagon Alley and everyone's surprised to see her and surprised that she has her own wand because the story has spilled about what happened and that her wand was stolen. Yeah. Oops. Didn't think about that one. Although, okay, so they run into Travers, who is another Death Eater. Mm -hmm. So that's particularly unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, they kind of get away with it. Bellatrix being... Hermione Bellatrix being a pretty good Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. But the goblins... How do the goblins know? Well, they've been tipped off. So, I mean, they get into Gringotts and the goblins ask for identification. Uh-huh. And at this, Griphook realizes no, they know something is up. You need to act. All right. So once after Malfoy Manor, don't you think they would have gone to their vault and seen the sword in there? But the the fake sword is still in the vault. Yes. Seems a little strange. Well, maybe they did go. And they just thought, hmm, strange. I'll leave that there. Well, I mean, yeah, because she's worried someone broke into the vault. If she goes in there and sees it, she's actually correct. No one has broken into the vault. I guess the goblin said the other one was the fake. So she might think it's still the real one. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, they've they've been tipped off, at least, to be on the lookout for something strange. Yeah. So Harry just starts imperiousing people. Yes. Is this our first successful use of an unforgivable curse? 
Yeah. I mean, he sort of says that it's maybe not the strongest, but that's, that. I mean, it's a little questionable. Questionable as in? Using the Imperius curse. Yeah, well, he's he's tried to use Crucio before. Yeah. And I think he's tried to use the killing curse, too, hasn't he? Uh, when? I feel like, was that what Bellatrix was taunting him about? Like, in the in book five, The Order of the Phoenix? But when? At the ministry. No, he tried to cruciate her. Okay. Alright. I believe you. I couldn't remember. Okay. But it didn't work. Yeah. This time it works. <laughs> Should we be alarmed? Well, he really wanted to... It to go well. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, so he imperiouses both the goblin who's accompanying them and Travers. Yes. But this is still not all successful in avoiding suspicion. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they go with their goblin in the little cart, but they put on the waterfall. <laughs> yeah. The thief's downfall. So all their disguises are washed away. They obviously know what's up. Yes. So the goblins set off the thief's downfall on them. And now all their disguises are washed away. Everyone obviously knows what's going on. Yeah. And they fall out of the cart. Yeah. Into a dragon, basically. <laughs> but that's kind of cool. We didn't know there was a dragon in Gringotts. No, but it's not cool. It's horrible. It's all abused. <laughs> because dragons need their rights. It's... Oh. Are you someone who doesn't cry at those terrible animal abuse commercials? <laughs> I don't like my emotions being played to in that way. <laughs> like, I guess being... Never being outside isn't great. I... I struggle to feel a ton of emotion for the dragon. And I know that makes me a horrible person, but you were not sad when Sirius died, so it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel terrible for the dragon. <laughs> but they get into the vault, and there are some complications. Yeah, it's very full of other things. That apparently if you touch them, will burn you and then make fake things. That's a pretty good trick. It is. I forgot that they burned you in this. Mm-hmm. It's like being swallowed by an ocean of hot treasure. <laughs> Which you think might be good, but really is not. <laughs> I mean, and like this is part of the reason why my notes are so short. This is a fairly long scene, but there's not much to say. Yeah, Ron touched something, Hermione touched something, it's hot, try not to move. Yeah, they finally locate the cup. So I guess now we know it. it is the cup. He found Helga's cup and used it as a horcrux. Yeah, he didn't... The other thing was like, maybe something will have Ravenclaw on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess... They're lucky that it was the cup and not some random thing they didn't think about. Yes, very. So, but he he manages to get the cup, 
but loses the sword to Griphook. Yeah, I mean, he was using the sword to get the cup, but then gets trapped by the gold, and Griphook just goes for the sword. Yeah. Griphook was not relying on Harry Potter's word. Which was kind of fair. Because Harry wasn't really going to keep his word. Mm -hmm. So then he opportunistically joins the goblins who have arrived. Yeah, I thought that was both a cowardly and brilliant move. Yes, they will. Well, I mean, he was going to be in some big trouble, he would assume, right? But don't they still know? I mean, he wasn't supposed to be down there. He doesn't work for Gringotts anymore. I don't know. They're just going to overlook that. Because he, he has the sword of Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, they probably would. That would. They all want it, I would assume. I believe it belongs to the go- goblins. Yeah. But at least Harry, I mean, he gets the cup. Yes. And then we make our dramatic escape, you know, which plays or will play well in the movie of, you know, freeing the dragon and riding it out. Yeah. what? I mean, Harry's already fought a dragon. He's jumped on a troll. It's one of those, this is kind of stupid, but I'm doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And then we feel better because the dragon's free. Yeah. So you didn't have to suffer long there. (laughs) Oh, just his whole life, whatever. (laughs) But you didn't know about it. Though, can we also just say that they just broke into Gringotts, released a dragon, and busted the whole place up. Gringotts is now, the only wizarding bank, is now non-functioning. That doesn't really contribute to the stability of an already instable atmosphere. Everyone's gold is all mixed together or melted. (laughs) So, they just caused an economic collapse. Okay. But it's a really good story. But now no one has their gold and they don't trust the one place they trusted. Well, little do they know the climax is coming extremely soon. It'll be fine. (laughs) Fine. So they're riding on the dragon's back and thankfully it stops to drink so they can escape. Otherwise they would have been screwed. Yeah, they jump into the lake. And then Harry has a horrifying vision of Voldemort being told what happened. Yeah, they thought maybe they wouldn't want to tell him. (laughs) But no, they tell him and somehow the goblins know that he stole the little cup. So Voldemort just starts killing people. And he's not very happy. Including including Griphook. Was it Griphook? I don't think it was Griphook. No, I think he's dead. I thought it was just a random goblin why would crip hook tell him well i don't know that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> okay um but now but the bigger point is that now voldemort knows that they know yeah and it's whole this debate voldemort has with himself of like how could they possibly know i thought i was so careful My hiding places are secure. I thought I would have felt them before. 
and I haven't felt mm-hmm. anything, but yet if they have the cup, they must know something. Yeah, so he didn't feel the diary, he acknowledges, but he was a wispy spirit thing at that point. Yeah, he didn't have a body. So, and so, so he's thinking about, well, what is he going to do? He has to check on mm-hmm. them. But he assumes the Horcrux at Hogwarts is the safest. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best assumption, but sure. Well, Snape is there, and he trusts yeah. Snape. Though, even, I mean, as Voldemort goes to check on them, the whole not feeling thing, there is a reasonable explanation that even if they have them, they haven't destroyed them, and that's why he didn't feel it. I mean, that's sure. still bad yep. if you're Voldemort and Harry Potter's just holding the collection of your souls. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, the reason he doesn't feel it is, I would imagine, like... Because he's... Because his soul yeah, is broken. Yeah, he's too far gone. Yeah. But this confirms that there is a Horcrux at Hogwarts. Yes. Also, it's confirmed that Nagini is a Horcrux. Oh, yeah. We didn't quite know that. So, because now he's keeping the Snape close. Yes. And he decides that the ring, which is in the shack, is his most vulnerable one. So, that's where he's going to go first. Yeah. And for, like, he thinks that he's invincible. And then it's like, oh, wait. Well, that darn Dumbledore he always suspected me and he knew this and all that mm-hmm. though and he's like but no one could penetrate the cave but yet multiple people did yeah well i mean that's one of his like great follies right is he thinks he's the cleverest most clever yeah yeah and and while he is obviously, you know, intelligent and highly skilled, every he thinks everyone else is an idiot. <laughs> well, I don't know if he thinks Dumbledore is a complete idiot, but maybe just blinded by silly things. Yeah, he certainly thinks he's yeah. a fool. Yeah. Right. Well, and when we when he's we don't know where at Hogwarts the Horcrux or what is. It is. Or what it is, because he's not thinking about that. But he does say it's safe because only he has plumbed the depths of that school. Yeah, though, so we know it's in the room of requirements. Full of things other people put there. it could not have been, that room could not have been empty when Tom Riddle put his diadem there. So. uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He just assumes that the room put that stuff there? created a hiding space yeah full of junk i guess maybe that's plausible but and i mean to us too like the room of requirement has been around a lot so it's like uh no like everyone knows about this (laughs) yeah i mean also it's a castle and children live there who wouldn't want to explore things yeah and he also assumes Dumbledore doesn't know. I mean, Dumbledore does claim he doesn't know all the secrets of Hogwarts. Yeah, but you hit it there, and then you left for years and years and years and years, and Dumbledore was headmaster. Well, 
Yes. He has a shocking amount of arrogance. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to try and take over the world, you got to have some arrogance. Well, that's true. He's got it in spades, though. <laughs> um, so now we know, well, Dumbledore, or not Dumbledore, Voldemort is going to go check on the Horcruxes. He's going to he's gonna find it gone. Uh-huh. So we need to act now because he could easily decide to move the Horcrux at Hogwarts. Right. Or keep it, yeah, move it, keep it somewhere close to him, whatever, and then you're really screwed. Yeah. So the chapter ends with them apparating to Hogsmeade. Yeah, so, like, things are happening now. No rest for the weary. Like, we have to go. It's a matter of hours that this will yeah. all come to a head. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, I mean, there's, like, a little bit of elation in in the knowing. Right? We, yeah. We have... Another Horcrux, we now know pretty well about all of them, and we're going to boldly go to Hogwarts because we have to, and we'll figure it out when we get there. And her, it has to go well at Hogwarts, right? We get to go back. It's, it's exciting. Yes. Okay, well, next time. Wait, I have, I have a very random note, because I thought of it watching the movie, and then I forgot about it until okay. this moment. Okay, so the silver doe, right? That whole mm-hmm. scene. And that's when Ron comes back. So, I guess my question is, one, how does Snape know where Harry is? And two, did Ron lead Snape to Harry? Oh. How does Snape know where he is? Right. I mean, sure, powerful wizard, but... I mean, they haven't really been seen lately or anything. They're randomly in the woods. I don't... Is that ever addressed? I don't know. Probably is. We'll probably find out later. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. That's a good point. But I kind of like the idea that... I mean, so... Because when Ron has left, I could more easily foresee that Snape can track Ron, like gets wind of him... Mm-hmm. And then Ron is tracking Harry, and Snape is tracking Ron. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's the best. I can't come up with anything better, really. And is this like connected to the Deluminator? Well, only in that Ron is using it. I did. Oh, I actually, I did have a thought while watching the movie too. The scene where they're given, you know, the items from Dumbledore, uh-huh. and you know, we've discussed. Well, what, what exactly does Dumbledore know about Ron, and how does he foresee this to be used? Uh-huh. You know, and I wondered if it was a little more like, like Hermione is the brains. Harry's the courage and Ron's the heart of the trio, right? Yeah. And that he, the Deluminator sort of, and as the heart, Ron feels strongly and sometimes acts dumbly <laughs> based upon those things. 
but that the Deluminator would lead him sort of like a me like the mirror of era said mm-hmm. your heart's desire sort of thing mm-hmm. does that make yeah i know it's a, v- a little vague but does no, that make any I, sense no, i get that i like that like not that he's necessarily saying oh ron's gonna leave and then need the way to get back but that oh you know ron's ron is someone who follows his heart and that is both good and bad yeah. and maybe and can be beneficial okay so next time when we return to hogwarts triumphantly i don't know that's quite true but (laughs) uh that will be chapters 28 29 and 30 which are the missing mirror we meet aberforth yeah that's a whole out of left field (laughs) sort of thing the lost diadem and the sacking of Severus Snape. Oh, that's exciting. McGonagall's going to get her attitude. <laughs> oh, we haven't seen any McGonagall. That's so sad. No, it is sad. Well, and there'll be Luna or, yeah, Luna and Neville uh-huh. and. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Ginny. Although Ginny is. I don't think she's going to show up in these chapters because Ginny was taken out of school and is at Muriel's. She comes through the portrait or through the corridor. But doesn't he like see her or is that just the movie where like he runs into her or going to the room of requirements and they make out or something? <laughs> I don't think they make out in the book. <laughs> and I'm not sure when they all show up, like when they come through the the vanishing cabinet they, it could be these chapters yeah, or maybe so it's later is this the creepy thing where Voldemort it must be that he demands they turn over Harry Potter oh that's right yeah that is scary yeah okay well tune in next time for that in the meantime you can follow us on Twitter at, at Weird Sisters Pod and if you'd like to wait and review us on iTunes it would be appreciated and we'll talk to you next week goodbye Bye.